Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. You know, nothing feels better than being back in a brick and mortar studio with carpet and no Uh, Fighter jets doing air show things overhead. Yes, I am back after two weeks live at the Minnesota State Fair. I love the Minnesota State Fair. It is one of the highlights of my year. I love being back in the studio after two weeks at the Minnesota State Fair. You guys never imagine how much uh, logistics just goes into getting there. To make sure you're there on time on a Saturday morning, you have to be there three hours early. I know there's a lot of talk in this here America of ours about how, you know, you should always be 10 minutes appointment early for an appointment. Well, when you have a, an appointment on a Saturday morning at the Minnesota State Fair, you got to be three hours early if you're going to be anything. Because even <laughs> two hours early means that you're going to be 20 minutes late. That's how that works. All right. Anyway, that's me being happy to be in a, indoors. You know what else they have indoors? Ovens. Yeah, what else they have indoors? Telephones. All kinds of good stuff. All right, because I have wonderful Australian baking star, Gemma Stafford. We're going to get a nice long conversation with her. Uh, she has a she has a website. She has a whole cooking empire all under the Bigger Boulder Baking uh, rubric. She is big on that there internet. It was one of the few books that I have brought home, and my 11-year-old girl was completely starstruck. She's like, you're going to talk to Gemma Stafford? Yeah, I am. And how is it that you <laughs> that she has infiltrated your world? Well, of course, it's uh, nailed it. It's YouTube. It's all the things. Um, I really like Gemma's book. It is very simplified, and I'm just excited to talk to her. So Gemma Stafford, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Lovely to talk to you. I have to clear something up. I, I worked in Australia, but I'm actually Irish. Oh, you're Irish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, half your recipes are Australian. How is it? Or something like that. There from my, from my travels. There's a few in there from my travels. Oh, okay. So you're Irish. Irish is where a lot of baking happens, right? A lot of baking in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. I grew up. I grew up baking. You know, I, I worked as a professional chef for 15 plus years in kitchens all around the world but my my first teacher was definitely my mom and that's where I I my my passion for baking really began you know put me in that room where was that where were you in Ireland where how did you grow up what was that about so I I I grew up in a little town called Wexford in southeast Ireland and um in a big large Irish Catholic family and the only thing that I wanted to do in the evenings after school and on the weekends was bake and I was really fortunate that I had a mom who just let me do it. She just let me get in there and make a big mess and make uh, cookies and buns and cakes at night after night. And, you know, she didn't, she just, she just let me, she just let me ask us, you know, and it was really fantastic because I got to make mistakes. I had successes and I, I learned a lot. Um, and you say in your book mom, that you were all, that your brothers and sisters, they had their special kitchen specialties too. Yeah, because we had, food was a very 
big thing in our house. Uh, my dad worked in the wine and spirit industry, and my mom was really or is an amazing cook. And uh, if food was uh, just something that all of us have a passion for, and still to this day, that uh, my mom made sure that uh, with five kids in the house that we could all cook and feed ourselves once we left the house. It was that was her mission, and um, and she succeeded. And. So you would you would come home and you would be baking up a storm. It seems like were you able to eat all these things or were you kind of uh, bringing things to the neighbors, that kind of a village life? Yeah, well, you know, we, we have a big family. So it was it was a little bit of that. It was neighbors and friends. And then my brothers and sisters um, would it, it, nothing would go to waste. Everything would everything would find a home. And so then you became you went to cooking school and you did the whole professional chef route. Yeah, so I, I studied when I was um, 18, I went off to college to study professional cookery. And my mom said to me, um, I don't know if you're going to want to do that, Gemma, because you work very long hours and you get paid very little. And she was absolutely right on the money because that's exactly what happened. But I was determined. I was hell-bent on going to uh, college to learn to be a chef. So I went to a college in Dublin called Cahill Brewer Street, and I, I studied professional cookery. And then after that, I went to a cooking school that's really famous in Ireland called Ballymaloo Cookery School that's run by a woman called Jarena Allen. And I went there for a few months and I did uh, one of her extended courses. And then after that was when I really started to travel and to work in different countries and kind of hone my craft. And and then how did you you know make that leap? So then you were you were a private chef? I was a private chef in Tuscany. Nice. And I worked at, <laughs> yeah, so I've worked over my career. I know, yeah, there's worse places you could you could be. I, I worked um a lot of jobs over my career. If I pretty much ran the gamut, I worked in a bakery in South uh, Lake Tahoe as the morning baker at three AM. I worked in a Michelin star restaurant in, in San Francisco. I had my own catering business. I, I I've done I really done it all and um Five or uh, around six years ago, less than six years ago, um, after I'd gotten married, my husband, who worked in the entertainment industry, um, we kind of joined forces and said, let's, you know, let's do something for ourselves. Like, how can we work together and create something that combines both of our passions and um, him coming from the entertainment world and me coming from food? Um, it was kind of a no brainer that we would try and produce. Um, something in the food realm. So we we started, we didn't, I have to admit that we didn't have a clue what we were doing six years ago, but we, we started producing uh, cooking shows out of our kitchen in Santa Monica and putting them up on YouTube every week. And for the longest time, nobody was watching. And then slowly but surely after the, the months went on, we started to gain this big following and um, people really responded to the videos, and now we're we're like five and a half years later, and we have five million fans all over the world, and three hundred million video views, and five hundred something videos, and uh, and we're now a a best selling uh, bigger bolder baking cookbook. Ah, so then I entered the picture finally, um, and so it's uh, I like the book. It's you really. I like my favorite thing is your section of the book, which is uh, one bowl recipes. I feel like yeah. there are too many, 
you know, multiple steps. Like my biggest pet peeve is people trying to make macarons at home. It's just like that's so much. That's such a ridiculously high bar for a, a, a thing at the end. Um, and one bowl recipes are the best. And you have just tons of them. Tell me about first. Just tell me about why you wanted to to kind of bring back that very old fashioned and not on trend, you know, wooden spoon one bowl way of way of cooking. Yes, you know, it's a really good question. And honestly, that's how I grew up. My mom told me that when I was very young, around like eight or nine, that in France, a chef didn't use machines in kitchens, that they used, they did everything by hand. So I thought to myself, well, if that's what they do in France, that's what I'm going to do in Wexford, Ireland. So I made all of these cookie doughs and buns and cakes recipes all with one spoon and bowl. And um, the book is a collection of recipes that I've gathered throughout my uh, my life and career as a chef. So um, as a large, the first chapter, like you mentioned, is, is simply called Wooden Spoon and Bowl. And in that, there's loads of cookie recipes and a few crumbles and different things. Um, like you mentioned, can all be made by hand without the need for um, a stand mixer or an electric mixer. And so let's talk about what are the advantages now that, you know, you've had all, you've worked at a Michelin star restaurant. What advantages does a cook get with that really basic, you know, we, in, in restaurants, we often call it like one man and one pan, which is obviously gendered or whatever. But it's like you get a lot. You learn about the basic materials when you simplify that way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's. I was trained in a very classical European French way. When I was in college, I was trained by chefs who trained under um, huge chefs in France. And it was really, it, it, it is back, back to basics. And that's the way that I learned. And it's, it's what stuck with me all the, throughout my career, you know. And that's what I really try and share in the book um, is those uh, t- tips and tricks that I've learned. So in the in the book, I don't tell you how, to, like a little bit like you mentioned, I don't make macaroons and tell you um, uh, 20 different steps to make macaroons. We make um, simpler recipes, but still really impressive and uh, simple tips and tricks that you can use throughout all of your baking. And, and I try and make sure that there's a little bit of that in every recipe because it translates, you know, once you learn these little things, it translates to um, you know, to baking and even to cooking. Yeah, let's talk about ingredients too. I was looking at your recipe for 10-minute vanilla refrigerator cookies, which is kind of like so much my alley. I love I love a simple recipe like that. And there's not much more in it besides, you know, butter and sugar and an egg. Um, but the ingredients really shine. You, they're all important. You're not, you can't hide anything. Yeah, you know, that's it's really important. I Personally for me, I, I've been doing this a very long time and I cannot follow a recipe if there is too many ingredients and also if they're a little bit foreign and there are uh, 15 steps. So in the book, we really focused on just getting down to the bare bones and exactly what you need. And in baking, you know, all you need is a little bit of butter, eggs and flour. So um, a lot of my recipes are um, like, I honestly think if you, if you have my Bigger Boulder Baking Cookbook, you can go into the kitchen and make a huge amount of those recipes with uh, just basic kitchen staples. And then do you find, I mean, is this kind of why 5 million people are following you? Because this is not, this is not the trend right now. The trend is not 
you can do it. You can do it in your house with four things. The trend is, look, I've made a frosting fountain and it only took me six weeks. Yeah, no, you're absolutely dead right. That That is the trend. And when we set out on this journey, we were told that nobody's going to watch a cooking show online. No one's going to watch traditional baking. It's all about competition shows and all those things. And that's very much definitely the way TV is and online. So, um, but coming from my world and this being my career, I, I just knew that that wasn't right. Like I said, there's people out there who still want to have an awesome recipe for chocolate chip cookies and want to know the tips and tricks about how to get that lovely crackle and to perfectly bake them, to have them gooey in the middle and crispy on the outside. Like, I just refuse to believe that there aren't more people like me out there. And we learned very quickly that there is a huge audience out there. And, you know, um, 2019, we find even now they're going back to basics and in the uh, the seventh chapter in the book is called Bold Baking Basics. And that is um, a chapter about making your own ingredients that will aid you uh, throughout the book. So, for instance, um, in America, we, you know, we don't use a lot of self-raising flour. However, in Ireland, we do. So I have a recipe for how to make really easy. All it is is baking powder and flour, making your own self-raising flour, making your own vanilla extract, making your own basic ingredients to help you make my recipes. And some of those recipes online and in my book are my most popular recipes. I was looking at your website today, which is the Bigger Boulder Baking, and you have the a recipe for evaporated milk. I, I've i been doing this a long time, my friend. I did not know that like you could just do this in your house. I thought that evaporated milk always had to come from a can. Yeah, so so did I, you know, and um, that's a really good example. Evaporated milk, condensed milk is another really good one that I have in the book. That it's funny, uh, you'd think in Ireland, you can get it anywhere. In America, we can get it anywhere. But we started hearing from people in Germany and maybe in the Dominican Republic, people from all around the world saying, I can't guess these basic ingredients. It's just not available in my country. And that's where the bold baking basics came from. It was um, out of necessity. So we started making cream cheese. We started doing condensed milk, evaporated milk, how to make your own powdered sugar. And um, they're so basic, but so valuable to so many people. Yeah, the, the sweetened condensed milk, that was the one where I my jaw was on the floor. There's nothing in it. I don't know what I thought was in it. I thought it was some kind of industrial process. It's just milk and sugar, and then you cook it for a while. I, I don't, it's like one of those things where you're just, so what? The whole ocean is just made of oxygen and hydrogen? Like, how could this be? But uh, <laughs> I think it's just uh, amazing. And uh, and then if you make, you know, your own sweetened condensed milk from good grass-fed local, you know, dairy farm milk, I think that would be amazing. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And that is, um, the condensed milk, for instance, that is, uh, as it's, I have a recipe in the cookbook for three ingredients, ice cream, and one of the main ingredients is condensed milk. So um, it's really important for, for people to know how to use that because every so often it does show up in my recipes. And we have um, on biggerbolgerbaking.com, we, we get a lot of comments and we also accept photography. And we get photos from people all around the world saying that they made it. And now because they can make it, they can make the ice cream and some other of my recipes. 
So it's really, it's really fantastic. But honestly, all of this came from, um, like, it was all a learning process o- over the last five years of um, hearing from a very vocal audience of what they like, what they can get their hands on, what they can't, and then how can we help them. Very interesting. Okay, I'm going to take a little break here. We're going to see, have some ads. I'm talking to Gemma Stafford of Bigger Boulder Baking. Her, she's got her new signature, first ever beautiful big old cookbook, and we're talking about it. I like this. We're seizing the means of production from the state. We're making our own condensed milk and our own ice cream. I, I'm going to talk to her about navigating the so complicated uh, online space when we come back because she's aced it and I have not. So I got to learn some things. <laughs> we'll have more of Gemma Stafford. Dara here. We are back. We're talking to Gemma Stafford on Off the Menu today. She has her new book, Bigger Boulder Baking. It basically summarizes her massive online presence, uh, which is biggerbolderbaking.com, different YouTube stations uh, or different different things in the in the great. I don't even know how to, everything is so diverse now. I don't even have a word for it. Um, but she is also has appeared on Nailed It. That's why my daughter saw the book and just lost her mind. She's like, we have to do this. Oh, my God, you're going to talk to her. I like, yes, Gemma Stafford, get all the secrets. All right, Gemma, I want to know this. So you started with the – so I didn't realize your husband was in the entertainment industry, and that's maybe the secret engine behind this. But how did you – I mean, it's such a diverse space right now, cooking is. How did you kind of – get into it how did you navigate this electronic universe that we all have of the internet because it seems to me like there's just it's so big yeah you know it's very saturated especially right now when we started in five years ago like i mentioned we, we we had a notion of creating a cooking show and putting it online we didn't know anybody who um, had a YouTube channel. We didn't know anybody in the space. We didn't know anything about YouTube. But the thing about it is, is that we had quit our jobs. We had moved from San Francisco to L.A. to a city where we didn't really know anybody uh, with this this notion and dream that we were going to make, um, uh, we were going to create a successful cooking show online. So a lot of it came down to determination and the fact that we were hell bent on making it work. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been, there was, there was absolutely ups and downs and it's, uh, it's been a journey. And so your, your sure. focus was YouTube and then every, is that how you think of it? Is YouTube is the center and everything else is an extension of YouTube or is it, that's how we started. So we started on YouTube, but now our focus is biggerbolderbaking.com. So we um, we be- we began on YouTube. We we gathered an audience there, and um, then slowly over the last five years, we've uh, grown our Facebook to um, I think 1.4 million. Our our Instagram and uh, Bigger Boulder Baking is actually one of our biggest platforms now, and that's kind of our hub of where we where we can really share a lot of our information. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at Bigger Boulder Baking right now, and I'm seeing a, an ad for a local car dealer. So that's that's interesting. So you you kind of use everything to drive to BiggerBoulderBaking.com. That's like the head of the octopus at this point? You know, it's kind of the mothership for sure. Um, because the thing about it is um, in the, this crazy world of social media, 
an algorithm can change and next thing you know my facebook traffic has has gone down by half and we're not getting as many views on the videos and and that happens across instagram facebook youtube so um the thing about the website is that we have more control over the website and then we also own a lot of that relationship with one-on-one and it's a place where people can reach out to us uh directly by by email they can comment on recipes and and they can share photos and we have teams because five years ago it was just my husband and I um running the whole thing but now we have a team um who uh, people who focus on social media so we have people who are answering comments across all platforms including the website and around the clock to make sure that everybody is taken care of that um you know that we didn't leave any questions unanswered Oh, that it takes so much time. I was just answering some questions for readers uh, yesterday of my my particular work and, you know, just kind of hunting down thing like, oh, I've got newborn twins and my you know cousin has this and what restaurant should we go to? And um, at the end of it, they're like, oh, we decided to just postpone everything. So it's like, well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, 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 it's not almost impossible. It's not even a one-man job. We have three people in different countries. And my mom is actually one of them in Ireland. Oh. And um, she uh, she answers baking questions uh, along with two other women. And then also Kevin and I answer it and other members of the team because, you know, um, five million fans around the world, but uh, also our, our videos reach even more on a daily basis. So, between Facebook and um, having been such a big platform for us, YouTube is, is almost 2 million subscribers. And we, it, you know, we consider ourselves a, a little bit of a concierge for baking. So, you know, we put out these videos and, you know, we're really grateful that people watch them. And, you know, you, you, we don't, we don't just leave it at that. We are there to answer any questions, to help out where we can and to just really build a very strong, bold baking community. Oh, that's very interesting. So you're, I'm in Minneapolis, the land where Betty Crocker was born. And that's exactly how Betty Crocker, you know, started in the, I think it was the 10s or the 20s. I always forget, but it was just a, an office full of women answering questions about flour, usually some, some uses of flour. So uh, very, very interesting. I didn't interesting. know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Betty Crocker was a composite character that they, uh, used to kind of sign all the letters that were coming into General Mills, and it just uh, grew and grew. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a little bit like what we do. <laughs> it is, but you're digital and uh, universal at this point. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. I'm very interested. This is sort of not a baking, uh, not a food question, but it is kind of how people learn about cooking today. I have been dismayed about the rise in popularity of the very elaborate cooking Bake, you know, cooking fails and cooking contests. And because I think it makes cooking seem intimidating and like it's not a thing you can do. You somehow have to be, you know, have a stadium and make five courses in an hour. Uh, I'm much more vibe with what you're doing where it's like you can just have a few ingredients and, and then get something tasty to bring to the potluck. Um, but it's mediated a lot by uh, 
you know, the, all of our food experiences are mediated by these tech companies. You know, what you said about Facebook will just, you know, yank their algorithm this way or that way. And I've certainly experienced that. Or, you know, so will Twitter. I went on Instagram today to post something and there was an option for it to feed to Twitter. And I kind of thought, oh, what's that about? And then I looked and one of the things that it was going to do was follow and unfollow people for me if I gave them permission oh to gosh. post things. It was like, oh. You monsters is constantly. So, I mean, how do, how do you think about, you know, you've got your – the food of the world is kind of being controlled by people and p- companies that are faceless and don't – aren't particularly thinking about food at all. How do you think about that right now? That's – you know, that's a really good point. And one thing that we've never done is we've always had a face to Bigger Boulder Baking, which is me. Um, when – Tasty and BuzzFeed started create, started this huge big trend of uh, what they call hands in pans, which is just top down video, um, which became hugely successful. They they were great, but there was no person behind the brand. There was no face, and what we that wasn't us. Like we I am um, we wanted that one on one connection for somebody to look you know I I look down the camera and I talk to these people one on one, and that was really really important to us, and um, that trend of hands in pans a lot of people have moved away from it now, and people like Bon Appetit and the Feed Feed on Instagram have um, designated chefs who um, appear on a reoccurring basis. And now there's a face to it. Now there's a face to um, the to the brands, and and it'll be somebody that you know. And Facebook actually has a I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, picks up on faces and pri- and will now prioritize videos that have um, a personality and a face behind the video rather than hands in pans. So it's 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 really crazy world and all the things that like on a daily basis we get faced with something different. You know, Facebook decides that it might get rid of its its likes and that was that's a big deal to us because we work with brands and and that's um, our money maker. So it's 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 navigating a lot of that and that's one of the reasons why we go back to biggerbolderbaking.com because it's it's somewhere where we have uh, more control than other platforms. And then when you have more control, you can, you know, make sure it's about your values, your integrity, your uh, your story. You can kind of keep keep things from being nutty. Absolutely, and we know that a hundred percent of the content, if you're there, everything will get fed to you. Whereas we get emails on a daily basis saying, why don't you post on Facebook anymore? And we post six times a day on Facebook. It's just that Facebook has decided not to feed you our videos. And, you know, it's very frustrating, but, you know, it's the, um, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, because Facebook is now has their own, their own channels and they're trying, they're, they're competing with the people that they used to host. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's a little off topic, but I do think it is of interest to the general uh, cooker, baker, eater, because uh, the way that this information reaches you, you know, you may think like, oh, I, everybody is just suddenly into granny pizzas. But in fact, there's like a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes to suddenly make uh, granny pizzas uh, of of interest to you. All right, Gemma, um, I love your book. I also love the fact that you make it very accessible for kids. I'm super about kids being able to cook. And your recipes are among the most uh, 
uh, kid-friendly I've ever seen. Thank you. That You know, that's really important to me. It's one of my focuses as well because – that's where I started out and, and I had uh, a passion and I had the means and my mum, like I mentioned, would like just let me, you know, have at all her good Irish butter and her ingredients night after night. And uh, without that, if I'd been told no, if I hadn't been allowed in the kitchen, if I was told that butter was too expensive, that I couldn't use a pound of it a night, uh, I wouldn't have been able to, to get to where I am today. And so I, I, I kind of, I started at the beginning and a little bit like in the book, the first chapter, like we mentioned is wooden spoon and bowl. That's a great introduction, an introductory tra- chapter to baking. And so I really focusing on the bigger, bolder baking book. I, tr- I try to make, it's just, it's the same with all my recipes. I try and make them as inclusive as possible, um, which means the the novice baker um, to the advanced baker. Yeah, I would say uh, one of the things that I hear from people a lot in 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 America, we used to have home ec, and people would learn how to yeah. cook and things in school, and now that's you know way way in the rearview mirror, and people feel um, intimidated. And this this book, the bigger bolder baking, it is really uh, if you want to you know if you want to put yourself through remedial home ec at the age of fifty, you can do it. it there's very it's a, it's very doable. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you, yeah. Like it's like I said, it's really important uh, that you know all that basic information is there, and you know a lot of it's common sense. But um, sometimes you just need to be you know, told those little tips and tricks and uh, it really, it sets you up for success. And that's what Bigger Boulder Baking is all about. It's about giving anybody the confidence to bake anytime, anywhere. And that's what we tried to do in the book. There's a whole chapter about if you don't have an oven, there is a whole chapter of recipes that you can make without an oven. There's some recipes you can make in the microwave, little cakes for single serving. You know, um, there's, there is a whole chapter where, you know, if you don't have a kitchen mixer, that's totally fine. So we try, like I said, we try and make it as inclusive as possible. All right. I can't thank you enough for giving us your time. Everybody, the book is Bigger, Bolder Baking, a fearless approach to baking anytime, anywhere. Her website is biggerbolderbaking.com. I think that if you're, I this is another one I get, you're wanting to cook with kids. you got grandkids at home. Get yourself this book. Have your littlest little ones come over, pick a recipe, and just you know let them lead the way. It is such a great, such a great book. All right, Gemma, thank you so much. Thank you, I really appreciate. It. Love it to talk to you. Oh, so good to talk to you. All right, you have a good day now. All right, when we come back. We're gonna have a little time for ask me anything. You got any questions? You can uh, call. Why not call? That that would be a fun time. Six five one. Oh, not. I'm so. I'm so. At sixes and sevens. Uh, Jonathan, what's the number? 651-989-9226. Mm. 651-989-9226. I have that written down like six places, but not right in front of me. All right, so call if you can. 651-989-9226. How many tomatoes can you carry? Well, I think if you go to the farmer's market right now, you can get the big bushels of the tomatoes that are not in great shape because that's the season we're in. So up at WCCORadio.com right now, the top five recipes for those very ripe, kind of bruised, not-too-perfect tomatoes. All right, so I've got just a bunch of them. Kind of get through this fast so we have more time to talk to you on the phone. i got tomato cocktails. 
You're just throwing these tomatoes into the blender. Whir, whir, whir. Strain what comes out. You're, that's a Bloody Mary for the ages. Got a bunch of other ones too. Um, here's here's the thing I love. Spanish tomato bread. It's a, just a very traditional way of doing things in the south of Spain. Take a good piece of bread, rub it with some garlic, and then you're just taking your tomato, cut it in half, and just smoosh it on there. It is it is so good, people. That is a delicious, easy thing to do. Tomato bread. Blender gazpacho. You can make a big, you know, you're going to throw maybe a one garlic clove and a couple of tomatoes, some onions, some peppers. You're going to blend the whole thing up. That's your morning smoothie. That's good. Got Melissa Clark's tomato water with seared blackfish. Remember tomato water, super big in the 90s. All you're doing is chopping up tomatoes, throwing them in a colander, smushing them with your hands, catching what drains out. It's delicious stuff. You can I have a, this is a fancy recipe, sear some walleye and kind of rest it in the tomato water, but it's good. All right, and the last one is a panzanella salad. That's where you basically are taking some nice bread, you're toasting it, you're putting it in a very wet salad, and it soaks up the tomato juices. That's living large. All right, those are all of my things. I have a couple of my uh, wines that are out at Liquor Boy right now. I think that the Italian one would go with that panzanella salad. Salad, holy moly, that would be a good good evening on the deck. All right, we're going to take a little break here, come back, and talk to you. Dara here. Oh, I love it when people call in. I've got Judy from Rosemount on the line. Judy, welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> what can I help you with? You got a baking question or? I do. No, I have a restaurant question. Oh, perfect. A friend and I were talking. We were talking about Monte Cristos. Decided we should go out and have one. I can't find any restaurants in the South Metro area that have Monte Cristos. Really? Let's see. Well, Monte oh. Cristo is a beautiful kind of egg-drenched egg uh, and then toasted-up sandwich, right? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, with the jam. You use jam and powdered sugar and you oh. dip it in. A, you know where I yeah. feel like I've seen one is at St. Genevieve. I'm going to pull up the website right now and see if it's still on there. But uh, in South Minneapolis, not far from Lake Harriet, one of my favorite places, little... French-inspired restaurants called St. Genevieve. Okay. Um, well, we'll see if they bring that up there. Where did you come to fall in love with Monte Cristo's? Was it... You know, they used to be popular years ago, and we used to be able to get them at even chain restaurants. And I love them. They've got you dip the sandwich into your jam, and then, of course, it comes sprinkled with powdered sugar. They're delicious. I think it's turkey and ham and... I don't know Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I the website is not pulling it up, but I think it's at Saint Genevieve in South Minneapolis. That's where I had one with the local, uh, the uh, the more savory variety with the ham and everything. Yeah, South Minneapolis. Well, I can check that one out. Thank All right. you. Yeah, the website StJMinneapolis dot com. All right. Um, I've okay. got. I thank you, Judy. Thanks for calling in. Here's what I also want everybody to know about. Um. I will be at River Falls, Wisconsin next week. We're broadcasting live from Bacon Bash, the nation's largest free bacon festival. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever been there? It's so much fun. It's free to get in, but then you got to buy tickets for the bacon. 
completely worth it. There's so many good things. And all these little breweries come out, and this, this shaded little glen is only about an hour from kind of core downtown Minneapolis. So, you know, it's 45 minutes from, from St. Paul. It's lovely. River Falls, Wisconsin, that's where we are. All right, I also wanted to let you know there is just a foodie extravaganza Diane, Pastry Diane, Diane Mua, a lot of people know her. She's one of the most beloved pastry chefs in, I don't know, the country it's got to be. She works at Spoon and Stable, and to me, uh, her dad is a Hmong farmer, and he's just in a big cancer battle. Everybody everybody in food in the restaurant, you know, the, the top people, everybody from Spoon and Stable and uh, Octo Fish Bar, you know, Tim McKee, everybody, they're all coming together for a giant fundraiser party next week. A week from Monday, I put link up up my Facebook page and my Instagram. Um, you guys, if you've been like, you don't have a birthday present for somebody, or you think I'd like to to be the at the one dinner of the year that's the the, the everything, this is it. So Diane, Diane's dad, um, everybody's just pulling out all the stops. It should be purely in a greedy, gluttonous kind of way. Astounding. I mean, Justin Sutherland. Uh, you know, everybody you can think of is going to be part of this. A bunch of cocktail sponsors, too. Take a cab. Take that Tuesday off. All right, that's all I got. Um, so I will see you next week. We will all be at Bacon Bash. I am going to be judging something called a Kiss the Pig and a Celebrity Roast afterwards. Who are the celebrities of River Falls, Wisconsin? Do I have to kiss the pig or do they not? Oh, I got a late breaking. There's a Monte Cristo at Curran's. Curran's in South Minneapolis. C-U-R-R-A-N-S. They also have great pie, good fried chicken. Curran's is a place I go with my kids when I just can't make dinner. So that's there. All right. So River Falls Bacon Bash next weekend. That's where we'll be. Come meet me. Till then, may your bacon be salty and your friends very sweet. And I'll see you here next week on Off the Menu. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 